Well, welcome everyone. We are passionate at Church Alive, helping people fulfill God's potential for their lives. And that means developing, building, coaching, inspiring leaders. And so I hope you'll have a leaning factor that today you can grow. Today you can take on a new mentality, a new mindset. And as you allow God to prune you, lift you, other people to inspire you, learn from you, you can become all that God has destined you to become. We are beginning our series, Echo, what we do in this life, Echoes in Eternity. And I want to read a passage of Scripture. I'm not sure it'll be on the screen because I changed my, my message completely last minute. I don't suggest that, but we're going to do it. Genesis chapter 32, if you've got your Bible, I'll be reading out the New Living Translation. Genesis 32, 22 to 30. If you're able to put that on the screen, that'll help me, guys. Uh, but I totally understand if you cannot. Genesis 32, 22. Oh, I hear a couple of people with real Bibles over there. I'm encouraged. So many people doing their fake Bible. <laughs> actually, there's like a hundred on them, so it's okay. You're actually more spiritual. You're like, I've got a hundred Bibles. On my phone. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives and his two servants. Someone say that's one too many wives. Um, and his 11 sons and crossed the Jabbok River with them. And after taking them to the other side, he sent over all his possessions. And this left Jacob all alone. Someone say all alone. All alone in the camp and a man came and wrestled with him until the dawn began to break. And when the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and he wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. What is your name? The man asked and he replied, Jacob, your name will no longer be Jacob. The man told him from now on, you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and with men and have won. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name? The man replied and then he blessed him or then he blessed Jacob there and Jacob named the place Peniel, which means the face of God. For he said, I've seen God's face and yet my life is spared. I want to talk to you along this thought, can God wrestle you? Can God wrestle you? You don't look excited about that at all, but I just want to tell you that's good news because how many of you would like God to bless you? How many of you would really like God to bless your life and pour out His favor and pour out His provision over your life? Someone say yes. Right, We would all desire that. If you actually know anything about God, you would and I would desire His blessing in every way. I think it was Tim Keller, the great uh, speaker, who's a uh, great really theologian and pastor. He said, if you, if you saw what God saw, you would want what God wants. And, um, but I want to tell you today that God wants to bless you. Let me talk to the other side of the room who didn't get it. God desires to bless you. Someone say yes. Come on, if you believe it, say yes. But what's so interesting about God is God blessing you sometimes is God wrestling you. 
He actually takes Jacob, who is at this point, he is a really a swindler. He's a deceiver. He has tricked his brother. Like if, let me just go back for a second. There were two brothers in their, in their mother's womb and, and the mother is having two babies and she literally says, God, why is there so much activity in my stomach? And God speaks to her and says, there are two nations in you and the younger shall actually rule over the older. And they are born and it's this unusual moment I think it's in Genesis 28, just off the top of my head, where one of them is born and the first one that is born is so hairy that they name him Harry. Like Esau, the name means Harry. It's literally like when the baby comes out, they go, Harry! He is like Jabba, not Jabba the Hutt. Actually, not at all like Jabba the Hutt. He, who's that Wookiee in Star Wars? Yes, thank you. He's like Chewbacca. He blends in with the Neanderthals. He blends in with the Sasquatches. Like when he's hunting, he literally can just go with the gorillas and no one really knows. Kind of like might be a man in there. He was an amazing hunter. And what's interesting about this passage of Scripture is when he is born, they call him Harry. And then as he is taken out of the mother's womb, literally the other brother is literally holding his ankle. Like he is a, a grabber and they literally go, let's call him um, Jacob, which means heel grabber. Like how many of you know they should have written or at least read some of those books like How to Name Your Child? Like, you know those, every parent knows this, they, you begin to spend months and years and thinking about what I'm going to name him, what I'm going to name him. In the Bible, he would come out and they'd go, Harry, heel grabber. And so I want to tell you today that as that story plays out, one of them is, is kind of actually a bit of a mama's boy. The Bible says that literally was loved by the mother and the hunter was loved by the father. And they're basically a bad example of parenting. They really are. Like, like in this scripture, they literally tell you and me, don't favor one kid over another. Are you a mom and dad in the house? Don't do that. And, and they favor one child over the other. And Jacob, he, he is favored by his mother. And Esau is favored by the father. And one day, Jacob is, is cooking stew and cooking soup. And one day, Esau um, is hunting and he comes in. And he's famished and he wants something to eat. He says, hey, can I have some soup? And literally, Jacob's like, yeah, you can have some soup. Come here, come here, come here. And as he's about to feed him, he says, oh, on one condition, just a little side tab. Just a little clause in a little contract. Before you eat the soup, can I have your birthright? And I don't know if you know what this means, but what this means was, was that he would literally get double the inheritance. He would literally become the ruler of a tribe. He would literally then, if you trace the nation of Israel, he would then be the father of kings. He would then, he becomes a father of nations. And when Jacob literally says to Esau, I want I want your birthright. Esau looks at him and says, you know what? This soup is so good. I'm going to say yes. How many of you have ever given into simple pleasures, but forsaken deeper value and deeper meaning? We've all done this. This is the history of humanity that you and I give up something better for something lesser because we're so listening to our stomach grumble. Let me suggest something to you today. Don't get too hungry. Don't get too tired. Don't get too stressed. When you get hungry, when you get tired, when you get stressed, how I many you know you do dumb things? 
right? When your life gets out of control, when you get tired, when you get hungry, when you get stressed, when you get too mad, you begin to do dumb things. And the Bible says that he literally gives him his birthright. But I want to jump into, what's interesting is that Esau is a temporary fix man. But so is Jacob. Jacob looks for the blessing and he later goes on, he tricks him again. He literally takes everything that he has. And Jacob's story is he has to run away from his very own brother. See, one of them thought, thought short term. The other one thought really short term or a little bit longer term. And he begins to um, want a, a, a reconciliation with his brother. And now you and I meet Jacob at a point where God wants to meet him. In Genesis chapter 28, God said he would bless Jacob significantly. Say, someone say yes. He says he's going to bless him. But in Genesis 32, now he wants to wrestle him. Genesis 28, he wants to bless him. Genesis 28, he says, I'm going to be with you. But Genesis 32, he says, now I've got to wrestle you because you are ruining people's lives. And I want to ask you a question today. Can God wrestle you because here's the thing when God wrestles you he's actually blessing you but you and I don't see it often as blessing when you become a Christian there's certain things with your first number of years that you seem to get away with haven't you noticed that you walk with Jesus and you're like oh I'm good I'm fine. God's blessing me. I can do whatever I want. This is good. Ha ha ha. Oh, and you see other people and they seem to not get away with what you seem to get away with, but you just seem to kind of, <laughs> look at me. I'm blessed. But because, hear me now, because God is with you, He sometimes has to confront you. And I want to ask you a question today for you to become the person God wants you to become. Can he wrestle you to actually become a person of great value. Can God himself wrestle you? Now understand, if God is wrestling you, he doesn't want to hurt you. He actually wants the best out of you. And the story goes like this, that Jacob begins to wrestle literally a Chris, a, a, a it's called a Christophany. Theologians call it a time when Christ literally shows up in the Old Testament, kind of under the guise of almost another name. You're not sure what it is. And Jesus himself is wrestling Jacob and wrestling him. And one of the greatness of his life was that he was entrepreneurial, that he was a, a go-getter. And he's wrestling him and wrestling him. And he says, God, I want you to bless me. And finally, God asks him, what's your name and in this moment he has to admit that his name is Jacob and here's the thing about his name it was the exact representation of his character see if God never confronts your character you don't know him let me say this again if God never confronts your character you don't know him yet See, often before this, Jacob actually would say, you are the God of Abraham, you are the God of Isaac. In other words, you are daddy's God or you are grandma's God. You ever been to church? You're like, yes, you knew your mom was spiritual. You knew your grandma was spiritual and you kind of leaned on their spirituality. I know this side of the room you didn't, but I know this side of the room you did, right? 
there were some times when you had confidence that mum had faith or dad had faith and you kind of leaned and kind of went, you know what, they've got me, they're praying for me, it's going to be okay. But there's a time when God wants you to become who you're called to be. See, in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5, God speaks to Jeremiah and He says, Before I formed you, Jeremiah, in the womb, He says, I knew you. He says, and I set you apart. And He literally says, and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. In other words, before God ever made you, He was already thinking about you, which is both encouraging and confronting all at the same time. Before God ever made you, He literally knew knew you would be in this nation at this time, at this part of history. God knew everything about you and He's been thinking about you. I find that encouraging that the God of heaven actually has been thinking about me, but He's been thinking about you. And He wants to bless you. And He wants to bless you and make you a blessing. But the scary thing is sometimes to really bless you, He has to wrestle you. And it's that wrestling bit that sometimes we run away from. And you're like, no, 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 God, don't wrestle me. But I want to tell you today, the best thing you and I can do is let heaven wrestle us. Because on the other side of heaven's wrestle is heaven's blessing. Jacob's name meant supplanter. It meant heel grabber. And that's what he did his entire life. He stole a blessing. He stole a birthright. He stole his father's prophetic declaration over his life. And then when he goes and he's having family issues, he's surprised that Laban, his uncle, is also trying to deceive him. But if you know the Bible, you should know that what you reap Sorry, what you sow, you, what you sow, you, what you give, you get back, what you sow, you reap. How many of you, if you want a different harvest, you better start watching your seed. If you want a different harvest in a marriage, if you want a different harvest in business, if you want a different harvest in your faith, you need to start evaluating the seed that you are sowing because Jacob had actually sown seeds of deception for years and then all of a sudden he begins to reap it and he reaped it throughout his whole family. But I want to focus for a moment how God wrestles you and I and why this is so important. How many of you would like to live a life of value? How many of you would like to live a life of honor? Let me, let me put this in the context of how this works in real life. Um, I was at my father's funeral seven months ago in August. My father um, was a kind of good dad in a lot of ways, but dealt with addictions, was never able to get over his own past, his own mistakes financially, his disapproval, his own kind of relationship with his own father, um, bitterness kind of seemed to grab a hold of him and he eventually went into alcoholism and it actually destroyed his life. I was at his funeral and my father, sorry, my mother and my siblings, we sat there and told stories about my dad and we told them, and here's what we said at the funeral, we're going to speak the best about dad. So what it actually meant was we had to ignore 75% of his life. It's not there wasn't good things, but the culmination or the theme of his life actually wouldn't have been those things if we're really truthful. 
And the reason that I want you to think deeper, the reason that I challenge you to think deeper about your life, that you would have not just a generational echo, but an eternal echo is this. Do you really want people to make stuff up about you at your funeral? Come on, I'm going to go deep here for a second. Do you really want people to make stuff up about you at your funeral and, or just avoid a lot of the character qualities of your life? Like when, 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 it's, it's your, it, when you turn 50 and 60 and 70, what do you want your friends to say about you? What do you want your family to say about you? Not just do it nice because there's a party. But what will they authentically say about your life? And the truth of the matter is, if Jacob had a party, he's like, hey, all my friends come over. Why don't you talk well of me? And they'd say, Jacob, you're so entrepreneurial. Jacob, you're, you're, you're like, you seize the moment, man. You're rich. But then behind the scene in their heart, they're like, you're a jerk. Jacob, you're a liar. Jacob, you're a deceiver. Your brother hates you. He wants to kill you. Oh, I'm digging in deep today. (laughs) See, what actually happens to your life and to my life, listen, if you're young in here, let me save you years of pain. If you're young in here, let me save you years of pain. The earlier you think about important decisions like this, the more you live a life of value. You see, uh, let me, how many of you are married in here? Say yes. Come on, put up your hand if you're married. Go, you woo! Okay, let me, say, let me say this to you. How does this work in marriage? You don't become an honorable person overnight. You weren't born honorable. You were actually born with a sin nature. And so your tendency will actually be to go to the other extreme. But with Christ, you can be better than that. But if you and I don't value the right things... Well, what happen over time is you'll actually go, wow, this person maybe isn't the right person. Yes, they're the right person. They're just valuing the wrong things. You and I live in the most distracted generation ever because of our phones. We can look at anything, everything. We have access to everything, but that's the problem. We have, we have access to everything. So we can access stupid things. You ever seen some stupid videos on YouTube and you're like, really? You have a million followers? And that is the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. You're like, my kids will watch some stuff. I'm like, oh my gosh, these people are rich, but they're dumb. (laughs) So I want to challenge you today and encourage you today. What you do in this life Echoes in your family, your DNA, your fingerprint, literally prints on someone else, prints on someone else, prints on someone else, prints on someone else. But here's the thing. It's one thing to think about at church. It's another thing to think about it at the important moments of your life. So let me give you a question because I don't just want to preach and kind of beat you up and go, oh yeah, that was a good message. No, I want to lead you to a place where you think deeper about your life. I felt like the Holy Spirit asked me this question or gave me this challenge on Wednesday morning. He said, you have to get your men to think deeper. And so on Wednesday, when I transformed Monday and Wednesday night, got together, we did a combined night. I had to ask them the question, what are people going to say about you at your funeral? 
See, what actually happens there is now you literally go, oh, what matters? Isn't this strange that I have to tell you about this? Isn't it kind of strange that you're like, how come someone has to talk to me about what really matters in life? That shows how much you and I get lured to something else that doesn't matter. Because what if you get to the end of your life and you climb the building and you realize it's the wrong building? What do you want people to say about you at your funeral? Here's what's great about Jacob. Jacob should encourage you and me because Jacob gave in to so many short-term and longer-term temptations, but the good thing was God was with him. God was with him. God was going to bless him and God shows up to him and he wrestles him and he wrestles the Jacob out of him until and then he renames him Israel and Israel means one who rules with God see the reason that God wants to wrestle you is so that you'll rule over things that were actually never meant to rule you the reason that God wants to wrestle me and wrestle me sometimes he's like son I need you to follow this son I need you to be generous here son I need you to step out in faith because as God wrestles me I found that God blesses me. Am I preaching to anyone in the back of the room? Let me share this kind of personal story with you. I, a number of years ago, I felt like the Holy Spirit, I was reading a Bishop T.D. Jake's book and, and the book was named Loose That Man and Let Him Go. And I was reading this passage of scripture where Jacob was wrestling with God and God was wrestling with Jacob and Bishop Jake's was kind of breaking this on down. And as I'm reading it, have you ever read a book and just all of a sudden realized that God was interrupting you? You ever read a book and you're like, oh my goodness, he's trying to say something to me. You ever just been at Starbucks sipping coffee and all of a sudden heaven just went jump? Maybe none of you can, can understand that wasn't just the caffeine kicking in. That was the Holy Spirit trying to kick in. And I was reading this book and I felt like it was Tuesday morning. I remember specifically and I felt like the Holy Spirit said to me, I want to meet you Thursday. And I was like, what do you mean? Now, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor, I'm leading a church, and I feel like God says to me, I want to meet you Thursday. But it wasn't just one of those, I've never had it happen like this before. It felt like I got called to the principal's office. When normally it's just invitation, and it's grace, and it's good, but this time it felt very different. It was like God was going to speak to me about something that I didn't want Him to speak to me about. So Thursday morning, I set a time aside, I canceled whatever I was meant to do, and I said, Jesus, and I read the same passage of Scripture, and I read the same book, and I said, God, what do you need to talk to me about? And all of a sudden, it felt like God literally met me and showed me some areas of my life that were missing, that were, that were measuring, or were just lacking, and it's like He spoke to me, showed me things where I was in fear. You're like, you're a, you're a man of faith. How can you be in fear? Easy. Because <laughs> how many know that leading people isn't easy? How many know that if 90% of the room is for you, but then 2% seems to shout louder sometimes in your head? As a preacher, I've sometimes found that I know that 80%, 90%, 95% are for me, but all of a sudden you're like, wait, what if that one person doesn't like what I got to say? And it's easy as a speaker to actually think and give more weight and more value to the one person who doesn't like you than the rest of the room that actually kind of likes you. 
And I felt like God confront me in that moment. Said, Anthony, here's where you're giving in a fear. Here's where you're giving in a fear. And I had to admit, I was just like, God, I'm afraid. And he showed me time after time after time where I gave into fear. So what does that do in my life? All of a sudden, when I admit it, and I say, here, and I say, change me, bless me. What does he want to do? He's not showing me so I stay there. He's showing me so I can get into faith. How many know faith is the thing that attracts God's hand? Faith is the thing that enables you to lead better. Faith is the thing that enables you to pray better. Faith is the thing that enables you to to lead a bunch of people even more than we had at that time. And so I just want to say, before God blesses you, He actually confronts you so He can prepare you for what He has for you. See, if God didn't prepare me, I wouldn't be ready for what was ahead. And I found that God dealt with me on fear about it. And now as I, I lead our, 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 not just our church, but our transformed man, I don't feel fear at all. Like I, I literally don't. I feel like this fire in my heart that has to get into other hearts. But you know that sometimes you can believe in Jesus, but be wrecked by fear. Sometimes you can believe in Jesus, but be wrecked by lust. Sometimes you can believe in Jesus, but be riddled by a tight spirit that holds on so long to money that you won't trust God. And supposedly you trust Him with your eternality, but you can't even trust Him with your $10. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting. See, God wants to confront your character. Hear me now. God wants to confront your character so you can have a good marriage. You don't marry the person's looks. Because how many know they change? You marry their character. I'm not saying looks don't matter. Be attracted to the person. Do the best with what you got. You know? My old pastor from Australia used to say, sometimes the old barn door needs a good paint. Do the best with what you got. But the truth of the day is, you actually marry their character. Why should you be in the house of God on a regular basis? Because actually just showing up somewhere shows you are submitted to the Father's house. And when you're submitted to the Father's house, that's where He wrestles you. That's where he wrestles you. So some of you are gripped in fear this week because you've been listening to all about the coronavirus. But God wants you to get in faith. God wants you to get in faith. God wants to say no weapon formed against you shall prosper. He wants you to stop thinking about what everyone else is thinking about. You need to get in the house of God and get under the Word of God. And I just want to say this, that sometimes the Word of God will confront something in your life and you can either get offended or you can go, oh, I need to change. And Jacob literally is wrestling God Himself, Jesus Himself. And finally, he says to him, what is your name? He's like, ah, shoot, I am Jacob. I am a supplanter. I am this. And then what? When he says, I am it, now he can change. See, God had blessed him. God had led him 
even though his character was so short of what it should have been. And finally, God wrestles him. And it was in the wrestling of God that the mercy of God was poured out. God wrestling your character, God wrestling my character. Some of you are like, oh God, it's okay to wrestle God. Don't run away from God though. He wants to bless you. I said, listen, don't run away from God. He wants to bless you. Let me also say this, that the sooner you allow God to wrestle you, better I don't care if you're 14 24 36 44 55 the sooner you allow God to wrestle your character the sooner he can bless you how many want heaven's blessing how many believe that when God wrestles you he wrestles you for your good and some of you are fighting fighting heavens wrestling you and I want to tell you today surrender to it you say I've done too bad Jacob stole from his own brother Jacob took a, some dude's two wives he wasn't even happy with one two wives and then two servants Jacob was not a nice guy but God is the God of Abraham he is the God of Jacob he is the God of Isaac and He is the God of Jacob. And then when He's the God of Jacob, He actually makes Jacob Israel. And out of Israel comes the Christ. Out of Israel come all the kings. And do you know that the, the, the simplicity of this? Deuteronomy, I think it's chapter 12 or 14, says that they are my special possession. They are the apple of my eye. And do you know out of the just 5 million Jews in America today, one third of the multimillionaires are Jews? There is a special blessing that God has for them. And it was through Jacob. Come on, close your eyes with me. Father, I thank you today for this word. I thank you that it was a word in due season for every man and every woman here. I pray, Father, that we would determine what matters most so that we could live our life that most matters. I pray for every man, every woman, Lord, who is wrestling you in certain areas of their life. They're wrestling in relationships, maybe. They're wrestling in, in, in their money. They're wrestling in just to say, Jesus, take all of my life. They're wrestling, Lord. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that through the worship and the Word, through transform groups, through our dream teams, through their family and through every situation that you are bringing in their life. I pray that you would speak to them where they need it. I pray that you would deal with them where they need it. And I pray, Lord God, you'd show yourself so good to them. Show yourself so good to us that every time you wrestled us, we could look back and thank you. I thank you for wrestling me. I thank you, Father, for wrestling. Holy Spirit, speak where you must. Speak where you must. Speak where you must, Lord. 
moment of quiet right now. I believe the Holy Spirit's walking through aisles. I pray you'd take shame off people and guilt off people. But I pray you'd reveal yourself to them in a unique way today. They are your people and they need you. Someone's wrestling in here being liked. Someone's wrestling in here being liked. You're like, oh God, but I need people to like me. And I just want to tell you today, if you'll surrender to God, He'll pour out His favor, the favor of God and the favor of man. And the right people need to like you, not the wrong people. resurrected Jesus. He is the eternal life giver, life bringer. He did not come into the world to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. If you're here in this place and you've never received Him today, I'm going to pray a prayer and that prayer will lead you to Him. He is here today. The Savior is here today, ready to forgive, ready to heal, ready to set free ready to heal the empty places of your heart, the empty places of your life. All across this place. If you don't know if you're a child of God, if you died literally this week, this month, this year, you're like, do I know God? That is the greatest question you can ever answer. He wants to know you. He waits for your invitation. He knocks on the door of your heart. Our job is to respond. Jesus, I thank you right now come on pray this prayer with me say Jesus I respond to you I open my heart I declare I need a savior be my Lord be my very best friend today I turn my back upon my ways and I decide to follow you today I declare I'm a child of the Most High God. I am forgiven. I am loved. Plant me in your house. Reveal your purpose to me. Fill me with your spirit. May I never be the same. Well, eyes are closed all across this place. If you meant business with God, would you quickly let me know by slipping up your hand? One, two, three. Raise your hand. Raise it up high, high enough and long enough for me to see it. Hands going up across the place, all over the place. Thank you. Those in the back, in the middle, that one in the front there. Those ones over there to the side. Those number of ladies over there. That's awesome. That little guy over there. That's great today. Another one in the back there. 
Thank you so much. That one in the front there. That's awesome today. You can put your hand out. Father, I thank you for every hand, every heart. In the name of Jesus, bless your people and speak to them and change them and change us so that our lives might echo generationally and eternally, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. And a faithful church said, come on, give the Lord a hand for a moment. Come on, just lift him up.